hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. This week, travel writer Deborah Smith returns to tell us a bit about the One Hotel West Hollywood, located at the base of Hollywood Hills, California, a hotel that's also known for its environmental sustainability. So we'll learn more about that. And if traveling to Iceland is on your list later in the podcast, we'll chat with Iceland Air and get some tips and insight on planning a trip to Iceland. But first, we're going to talk about the findings of a recent survey from Cheapo Air showing, among other things, that Canada is the preferred travel destination for a lot of Canadians this summer. To discuss it further, we're joined now by Daniel Hayter. He is Senior Product Manager for Cheapo Air. CheapoAir.ca is the website. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Randy. Great to be speaking with you. Uh, tell me a bit about Cheapo Air and what, what you do. Yeah, so Cheapo Air is really one of the leading value-based solutions for air travel. Um, our company heritage is primarily in flights, so we offer customers a really big array of options to secure the best travel deals with our relationships that we have with over 600 airlines around the globe. Um, So we're primarily in flights, but we also do also offer uh, hundreds of car rental options. Uh, We have lots of options for accommodation as well. But with CheapAware, the real differentiator is our technology-based flight-focused history. And uh, you did this survey now. Uh, It's a poll asking Canadians, you know, which destinations and activities they're looking forward to uh, this summer. Was there anything that stood out for you as far as the results uh, of where Canadians are looking to travel? Yeah, so this is an interesting thing that we like to do occasionally. And really, we had some really interesting findings that I'd be happy to sort of share with you. And as you mentioned, this is a survey that we ran on our website to ask Canadians which destinations they plan to travel to, what type of activities do they think that they'll be doing, but also what travel concerns do they have right now. Obviously, COVID is something that's been a major travel concern for everybody, and so we wanted to see is that still still the major concern or are there other concerns now? Um, And so in terms of findings, our study found that over 36% of Canadians actually listed Canada as their preferred travel destination for this summer, Um, so over 36% followed by the U.S., which was around 7%, and then Europe, which was around 5%. So really, the first finding was that the vast majority of Canadians still do plan to travel domestically this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of activities, I guess kind of unsurprisingly, given, given our Canadian winter that we've just been through, um, the survey also revealed that beach vacations topped the, topped the poll <laughs> as the activity that Canadians are most excited about. So that was almost 12% of people who responded um, that, uh, yeah, that beach vacations were their most, um, sort of most, uh, most popular activity. Um, and, uh, you know, so then a lot of Canadians are able to do that within Canada, Canada first, because 36% of people said they would travel within Canada, followed by Caribbean, uh, the, the Caribbean, and then by Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was sort of looking at destinations and activities. But I think probably the most surprising thing that we found is that in terms of travel concerns, Increased travel costs and fees um, overtook COVID as the top concern among Canadians. So increased travel fees was around 9% of people responded that that was their top concern, whereas COVID was around 7.5%. So they're close, but still really, really remarkable. I think finding is that costs and travel fees are now the major concerns for Canadians who are thinking about traveling this summer. So, look, you know, then obviously thinking about things like the impact of inflation, flight costs, 
also gas hitting an all-time high. Mm-hmm. All of these things are really major concerns for Canadians right now. Um, and so we're obviously very interested in this in this because this is an area where Cheapo Air, one of our brand values, is helping customers save. So what can we do here to help customers save as much as possible on travel? Well, that, yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of things in there. Uh, I find it surprising yeah. that people are looking for a beach vacation, but yet they're going to stay in Canada because <laughs> I think we're limited yeah, in our beaches. But maybe water. they're saving that for the winter. Uh, they're looking at Canada for the summer, and then in the winter time, they're going to go hit a beach somewhere. But uh, not surprising, yeah, about the uh, cost of travel, the increasing uh, gas prices for one, and and airline prices, things yeah. like that. Not surprising at all. Uh, so help us out then. How can Cheapo Air uh, save us? Some money a little bit. Yeah, so this is this is super important to us, as I mentioned, because it's really one of our core brand values here at Cheap Aware. And there's no there's no sort of insider secret or special trick, unfortunately, that I can share with you. But what I can say is that if you're at all able to book early, the earlier you can book, generally the better it is in terms of making a saving. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, if possible, make sure that the booking that you do make is flexible, so that you don't have to pay any penalties if plans change. Um, And another thing to consider is that if you're one of the millions of Canadians now who are able to work from home and maybe you've got a bit more of a flexible schedule, consider traveling during the week uh, when fares are generally cheaper than they are on weekends. That's another really good tip, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, for people to consider. Well, I think, too, if you're traveling during the middle of the week, you uh, also avoid some of the crowds uh, at some of the popular destinations, too, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people can find uh, more information and more ways to save on the uh, Cheapo Air website, cheapoair.ca. Daniel Hader is the uh, Senior Product Manager for cheapoair.ca. Uh, pleasure chatting with you, Daniel. Here's to a good summer. Thank you very much, Randy. Have a good one. Well, now that the U.S. has lifted its COVID test requirements for entry into the country by air, many more people will be looking to travel there. And one spot to consider is West Hollywood, California. And that's where you'll find the One Hotel West Hollywood. And our good friend, travel writer and hotel reviewer Deborah Smith returns to the show now to share her experience staying at the One Hotel West Hollywood. Her website is wheretolady.com. Tell me some background on One Hotel West Hollywood, uh, where it is... You know, in, oh, in perspective okay. to, uh, you know, all the other things in West Hollywood. And, and and it's an odd name, isn't it? One Hotel. It's part of a one hotel chain, isn't it? Yes, it is. And they're, they've are they started off uh, not too long ago um, by Barry Sternlich, the person that used to uh, uh, run W Brand. So, you know, very experienced. And he started this out uh, because he really wanted to really get into sustainability in a big way. And they have actually started branching out. They've got two hotels now in New York City. They're in South Beach, Cabo, and they're going worldwide. So um, it's a very interesting chain. Um, I was very happy to uh, stay there and really experience sustainability in a a real meaningful way. Um, So as to uh, where it is, it's right on the corner of La Cienega and uh, Sunset Boulevard. So it's got a perfect location. it's uh, very walkable for Los Angeles and many, many things with, uh, right within the area. Mm-hmm. So what impressed you the most about it? What impressed me most about it? Well, so many things. 
I just, if I could just take a little sidebar here, um, there's been an Expedia study that just came out. They studied 11 global markets, and they were wondering what consumers were um, were looking for when they traveled. And 90% of consumers are looking for a sustainable option. Mm-hmm. It's really important to people these days. It's really top of mind. And um, when they talked to people, they said that three out of five travelers have chosen environmentally friendly uh, transportation or lodging, even though it might cost a bit more, because, you know, there's, the cost is a factor in there, usually. Mm-hmm. But Really what they're looking for is they're looking for an authentic experience. Now, lots of times when you go into a hotel, they'll say they're sustainable, which means to them, you know, um, we won't make the bed every night. (laughs) We won't change the sheets every day. We won't wash the towels every day. Yeah, (laughs) you know, you can reuse your towels and all that sort of thing. But um, One Hotel West Hollywood and the whole One Hotel uh, chain takes us just absolutely so much further. It's, uh, It's quite remarkable. And that was what I really liked about it. Just coming into the hotel itself, for example, um, you take a sharp turn uh, onto Sunset, and then you go downstairs, sort of. At the, the lobby's actually on a lower level. And when you walk in, um, the first thing you notice is the way that it smells. And it smells like the woods. It smells beautiful. And the reason for that is that uh, this hotel is the largest reclaimed wood project in North America. In 2018, there was massive storms um, in uh, the Los Angeles area, and they harvested over 72 tons of pine and olive trees. Um, A company named Angel City Lumber Mm -hmm. took it over, Mm -hmm. and they used every part of that 72 tons. It's unbelievable. And when you walk in, the first thing you see are two massive tree trunks that actually make up the reception desks. And they're all unfinished, and so this, this... beautiful smell just wastes through the whole through the whole place it's beautiful the lobby itself is interesting um usually as you know when you walk into most hotels you're immediately hit by a huge tall high ceiling and a big chandelier and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and this is not that when you walk into this lobby uh you're looking at the juniper lounge on one side and it's very comfortable california cozy They've used that reclaimed wood in there, as well as huge, comfortable cushions, and it just makes you want to go in there and just sit down and relax. It's a very, very casual, comfortable atmosphere, and that just continues all through the whole hotel as well. Well, I am looking at uh, some of the images on the One Hotels we- uh, website, onehotels.com, and there is an image of these big, huge logs that uh, make up the the front desk uh, so what would be the typical guest uh, do would is more for couples uh family friendly oh oh it's uh it's kind of all over the map um i it probably definitely would be family friendly i'm sure um and uh very pet friendly as well um but they have uh, very large meeting rooms there as well so they have a, a corporate presence uh, a lot of business meetings take place there on various scales you might see a celebrity or two. I'm not naming any names, but that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, yes, I'd say it's suitable. You know, it's perfect for a, a young couple. I would say would be uh, you know they'd be perfectly happy there. Um, again, walking distance to so many things and um, close to Universal Studios. Walking distance to the Designer District just down the street. Um, there's great shopping close by. Restaurants of all types. 
Tell me a bit about the rooms now. Uh, it looks like, I'm just going by some of the images here, yeah. it looks like it's rather a, a large-size hotel or a good-size hotel, right? It's a good-size hotel, yes. It's an interesting build because this is the first new build um, in that area in 30 years. And so um, the rooms are generous in size, I would say, Um Myself, uh, I you know, if I was looking for one to stay in with without a family, I would say that uh, probably the uh, the skyline I think would be uh, the skyline king would be perfect mm-hmm. for a couple. It's a very nice size. It's about three hundred and sixty eight square feet, and it's got a great view of the uh, LA skyline. Well, speaking of uh, great views, uh, again, I'm just looking on the One Hotel West Hollywood website. OneHotels.com. The, the pool looks amazing, and you got a beautiful view there as well. Oh, yes, it's great night and day because you're looking down towards um, Santa Monica, so the whole city is just laid out below you. Uh, you're really right up at the top of the hill there at Sunset and La Cienega. So, um, yeah, the view down there is great. And there's two towers um, to the building, and if you're in the, uh, the other tower, then you get a view of the Hollywood Hills, which is also nice. Mm-hmm. Does it have a spa? It does not have an on-site spa, but they they can definitely point you in the right direction if you uh, need to uh, need some services of that nature. One thing they really have, which is really kind of cool, is they're um, they have free fitness classes, and the fitness classes are actually done by the same people that train uh, Victoria's Secret Angels. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, and West Hollywood itself is kind of a unique place uh, if nobody's been, right? Oh yeah, there's. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. Um, one of the things you can do is uh, they have a house car there. You can take the house car and you can go to places like the Laugh Factory, the Viper Room, and Whiskey Gogo. Those are all actually within walking distance anyway. Um, and then if you want to go a bit further and you have kids with you, Universal Studios close by as well. So the house car, you drive it yourself or is there a driver? There's a driver, oh, good. <laughs> but you can also, if you want to, what they're using now is they have uh, Audi e-trons, uh-huh. all electric cars. Mm-hmm. So the house car will take you anywhere, I think, within, uh, I think it's a two-mile radius. Um, but if you want to, you can also book a test drive if you just want to check it out and see what that's like. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'd rather no. have a driver. No. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that uh, the one hotel chain was kind of a, a ahead of the times as far as sustainability and, and that sort of thing, right? Oh, definitely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, for example, um, when you walk down the hallways, the carpeting in the hallways is made from plastic that's been reclaimed from the ocean, which is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Every room has got at least three plants in it, so the air is very fresh. The wood that was harvested from the um, after the storm Mm -hmm. is all made into unfinished objects. So there's no varnishes, there's no off-gassing. If you have any kind of allergies or sensitivities, this is a perfect place. And the air even smells, as I say, in the rooms and throughout, very, very fresh and clean. It's constantly being, you know, recirculated in a very natural way by all the plants that they have there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no plastic anywhere to be found. There's no plastic cups, there's no plastic stir sticks, you won't find any plastic cutlery. Um, in the bathroom, the glasses are made of glass. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. The furnishings are all um, organic, natural fabrics. 
And one thing I noticed, which really surprised me, it seemed kind of strange, but I went to uh, I went to uh, turn on the lamp, and even the lamp cords are covered in cloth. Like there's no there's no plastic anywhere to be found. It's it's just amazing. It sounds amazing. Sounds like a wonderful stay. It's the One Hotel West Hollywood. You can find more more information at onehotels.com. And Deborah Smith is a, a travel writer. Her website where to lady dot com. It's uh, always fun to chat, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. If Iceland is on your list of destinations in the coming months, there's no better place to check for information on traveling there than with the folks that fly you there, and that would be Iceland Air. So joining us now to tell us more about traveling to Iceland is Michael Rauheisen. He is the communications manager for North America for Iceland Air. Icelandair.com is the website. Hi, Michael. How's it going, Randy? It's going quite well. How do you say hello in uh, Iceland? Icelandic, is that the language? Boy, you are hitting with the hard-hitting <laughs> questions, but I do know this. It is Icelandic. It is Gothendien, which basically means good day. And, uh, you know, over, over the years, um, we've had a lot of funny stories of that being misinterpreted. Um, <laughs> but it is Gothendien. Gothendien. Well, Gothendien to you, Michael. I was just checking your website. Thank you. Icelandair.com. And Iceland no no longer has any COVID restrictions, which is good news for travelers. That is one of the great things. Um, We're based here in the U.S., but I know for Canada as well, um, if you're coming from either of those countries, there's no testing required, no vaccines required, uh, no masks required. It's uh, pretty much back to normal uh, travel life uh, in and out of, of, of Iceland. So tell, let's talk about the service that Iceland Air uh, provides to Iceland from Canada. There's many different ways of getting there, isn't there? Well, we, we fly from uh, Toronto, Montreal, and um, uh, Vancouver. So we do have a couple. We, we have other seasonal destinations that kind of come and go, but right now they're in operation. And all of those flights are nonstop from Canada to Iceland. And then, uh, you know, one of the great things that we offer as Iceland Air is you can stop over in Iceland if you're traveling beyond. So we fly all over Europe to, you know, London, Paris, uh, Frankfurt, you know, all of Scandinavia, and um, if you wanted to kind of visit Iceland en route, you can spend up to seven nights at no additional airfare. So you can say, you know what, I'm going to go from Toronto, spend a couple nights in Iceland, and then go to my final destination in Stockholm or wherever. Mm-hmm. And uh, see a little bit of Iceland in, on the way and then make it your final destination next time you come. Well, I think that's a great idea. I don't know why more airlines don't offer that. But uh, let's uh, talk about that a little bit more in detail, the stopover program. You kind of touched on it, but uh, uh, give us an example of, of how it works in detail. Well, uh, it's just that simple. I mean, uh, obviously, if you're if you have a destination in mind, or if you're travel, if you let's say need to go to London from Toronto, if you um, wanted to stop over, which is what we call it in Iceland, you can just basically book one ticket. It doesn't add any additional airfare to the ticket, and say, you know what, I need to be in London on the fifth, but I'm going to leave on the first and spend a couple nights in Iceland, and then go to London, and then return, uh, maybe nonstop, or maybe another stopover mm-hmm. on the return. 
and, um, you know, just get a little taste of Iceland and see what the country's all about and um, experience it a little bit en route. And then uh, we promise once you once you get a small taste, you will want to make it your final destination next time. Uh, tell me uh, about Iceland itself now. Is this a good time to visit? Uh, and I know it's hard to talk about a whole country in the time that we have, but give me some tips. I've never been. So uh, what should I <laughs> what do I need to know? Okay. Well, that's usually my first question. Have you ever been? So I know that answer now. And my my first and always question, what is the best time of year to visit Iceland? That is the number one all the time question I get asked. And you know, uh, it really depends on what you're looking to do and experience. Obviously, if you go during the summer months, it's 24 hours of daylight, the weather's a little more mild. Um, but, you know, it's a little more crowded, a little more expensive, a little less availability. So um, I've always been kind of a shoulder season guy. Like if you go May, June or late August, September, you still have good daylight. You still have good weather um, and things are a little bit uh, less crowded. And um, you can still go exploring during the day. And, uh, and of course, if you're there during the, the winter months, it's dark. But if it's cool and clear, you get northern lights and you get winter activities like snowmobiling and you have unbelievable nightlife and dining. So it really depends on what your heart is set on. But if you go kind of in the shoulder months, which I'm always a a big fan of, you get a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You still might even get some northern lights. You still might get some snow you might get some you know whatever you'll you'll get to experience everything in in the shoulder months and you do have some uh, great vacation packages so if people like me have never been there don't know what to do or where to go uh, this is a good place to start isn't it absolutely and and if you're going as a final destination without doing it as a stopover you can Mm. take a quick you know three-day trip we have great packages that include air hotel and tours um, you know, if you go to IcelandAir.com, we have many very uh, variations of trips that you can take based on your interests. Um, and, and just go for a few days. You know, it's only about a five-hour flight uh, from Toronto. So if you're coming from the East Coast, it's a pretty quick pretty quick trip. People don't realize how close it actually is. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't think people realize it's uh, closer uh, than what people think. But is it easy to get around? Like, would I need a a tour guide to kind of help me? And and especially with the language, I would think. Well, you can. But one of the great things about Iceland, everyone speaks English. And, and, you know, uh, English-speaking travelers are a little bit spoiled that they just kind of <laughs> assume and expect that everywhere, um, which is not always the case. <laughs> but in Iceland, it is. And and I think you will find as soon as you land, one of the greatest things about the country is the people. The people are, are very proud of their country, and they, wanna, they want you to have a good time. They know how important tourism is, and they're happy to help and answer any questions. And, and, and the other phenomenon is most of them are one degree separated from anything you need and probably related to someone in regards to something you need. So if it's like, you know, I want to go skydiving. Oh, my cousin Ingvar is a skydiving instructor in, you know, the (laughs) north of the country, and I can call him up and you can go see him. And there's just this, like, very 
accommodating feeling that you'll notice as soon as you speak to any any Icelander. They're they're very they're very friendly. They speak English and they're very accommodating, and they want you to have a good time, and they make sure that happens. It's it's a very uh, comforting feeling, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you go to your website, Icelandair.com, you can build your own Iceland trip. So you make it kind of easy. You can kind of pick and choose what you want to do for how many days, right? Exactly. So, you know, you decide what activities you want. Do you want to go exploring and see the golden circle and see the the waterfalls and geysers and glaciers and, and uh, mountains? Or do you want to go scuba diving in Singvalir? Or do you want to, you know, go horseback riding? Or, you know, any interest you have, we pretty much have it covered on the website that you can kind of tailor your trip to um, to your interests. Uh, food is always a big thing. What's uh, some of the foods you got to try when you're in Iceland? <laughs> well, you know, it, that's another thing that I think most people don't understand how absolutely amazing the food is. Now, obviously, their staple is fish. So if you like fish or seafood, it is the freshest, just purest seafood you'll you'll ever experience right from the island, usually uh, that morning, I, I, I don't think they store fish. I think there's just such a plentiful catch mm-hmm. that they um, pretty much make the fish of the day uh, in most restaurants. Um, but they also have lamb, which is uh, prevalent and also amazing because they let the the sheep um, roam free. It's free-range lamb. So basically... Um, they they're up in the mountains eating the herbs and the you know grasses in, in the fields and then they bring them in you know uh around September and and you know sadly they become lamb chops and leg of lamb but <laughs> it's just naturally marinated lamb that's really kind of what it is you can you can kind of taste the herbs and the and the mountain grass and it's it's delicious it's it's wonderful and of course they have um uh, langoustine, which are small little lobster, they they do a lot with that. Just seafood and lamb is phenomenal, and and the the culinary culture there is incredibly competitive. Also, something you would not expect for a small little island like that. But they have a culinary institute, and you know all of the restaurants want to be the best. So you really experience that when you go out eating in Iceland. They are some really fine restaurants with some amazing meals and of course i don't want to forget the hot dog the icelandic <laughs> hot dog i don't know if you know about no, it I don't. but it's a it's based it's a based on a danish hot dog which is called a pulser and uh it's kind of thin and it's got like a crispy casing and it's made of lamb so it's a little bit different flavor but they are the best hot dogs if you're a hot dog eater and and of course now I've just talked all about meat. I'm sure there's vegetarians out there. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of very famous Icelandic vegetarians, and they have mastered the vegetarian menu like I have never tasted. Um, you don't even you don't even miss meat if you go to a restaurant like Glow or um, oh there there there's just a wonderful vegetarian restaurants and dishes uh, along with a lot of very notable. Icelandic vegetarian. So I, th- I think 
if you're looking for good food, you can't go wrong, whatever your taste may be. Well, it sounds all fabulous, and uh, unfortunately, time is our enemy. We could probably talk about, uh, for hours, because I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking at some of the tours on your website, IcelandAir.com, again, and just scrolling down all the different tours, you, you almost want to take all of them. Well, hopefully you'll make more than one trip. I mean, my, my best recommendation for any of your listeners that are going beyond Iceland do it as a stopover. Spend a couple nights, fall in love with it, and then and then plan your next trip, you know, a five-hour flight to Iceland, maybe for a weekend or, or an extended week, and, uh, and see all there is to see. I mean, it, it's an amazing country that never disappoints. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's vibrant. And uh, certainly, you know, going once, you'll want to always return. And, and promises a really fun fun and adventurous trip. It does sound like a lot of fun and a lot of adventure. Michael Roheisen is uh, communications manager for North America for Iceland Air. Icelandair.com is the website. Lots of information on it. Uh, pleasure chatting with you, Michael. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Randy. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.